Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. When Sunny Gets Blue, a classic jazz standard written by Marvin Fisher and originally recorded by Johnny Mathis. So many wonderful recordings of this beautiful ballad. I want you to do yourself a favor this week. Go to YouTube, search When Sunny Gets Blue, Begin clicking. Seriously, just begin clicking. Sit back and enjoy. A couple of my favorite vocal recordings of this tune, Sarah Vaughn, Miss Sassy, You Cannot Beat It, check it out. And also Nancy Wilson's version too. Both are just simply gorgeous. A couple great instrumental versions to check out. I love Paul Desmond's upbeat bassa treatment. It's a must listen. And be sure to check out Sonny Stitt, his warm tenor sound with Jack McDuff on organ. Simply fantastic. It's a classic. Anyway, way too many, uh, way too many to mention. So go again, go to YouTube, search when Sunny gets blue, sit back and relax and enjoy. It's a great tune. So many great renditions of it out there uh, available for you to check out. For you new listeners to Jazz Piano Skills, uh, I like to begin every, every podcast episode each week by doing a little playing. And I do so for several reasons. Uh, it's important for you to know that I play, that I'm a professional jazz piano, uh, jazz pianist and educator. I reside in the Dallas area. In fact, I, I don't think I've ever uh, mentioned this to, uh, to the listeners, to everyone out there. I, I actually reside in the Dallas, Texas area. And I currently serve on faculty at the Dallas School of Music and have uh, done so for the past 30 years. Um, I also like to play at the beginning of each podcast episode uh, because I was inspired uh, by my teachers, uh, especially when they would play. I, I would never leave a lesson without them playing something uh, to motivate me. So I hope, my intention is, and my hope is that my playing inspires and motivates you as well. And of course, I want to always take an opportunity to, uh, in my playing, to introduce and de demonstrate various styles and genres of jazz. It's such, a, it's such a diverse art form, and I want to try to magnify that fact as much as possible. So all of that to say, I, I hope everyone uh, listening uh, is uh, not put out by me taking a couple minutes at the beginning of each podcast to play just a little bit. Before uh, jumping in to this week's lesson, uh, and I'm excited about this week's lesson, it's, it's, I hope it's going to be very insightful for, for all of you, especially if you've listened to last week's episode on the introduction to uh, major and minor triads. Uh, but I want to remind you that there is a supplemental educational guide available for this episode. Uh, I develop one for each podcast episode, each lesson, uh, because many of you, as I am, are visual learners. And the supplemental educational guides musically notate the jazz piano skill being explored in the podcast in all 12 keys. I demonstrate during the podcast here, I demonstrate always select a key, a single key to, to do all the demonstration within. But the supplemental guides actually uh, outline and notate uh, the jazz piano skill in all 12 keys. The guides are definitely a great resource to add to your jazz piano educational materials. 
and the supplemental guides can be easily downloaded from jazzpianoskills.com. Once on the site, click on the podcast link in the menu bar that runs across the top of the page, and you will see all of the Jazz Piano Skill podcast episodes, along with the download links for each of the supplemental guides. In fact, I'm excited to announce that starting with this week's podcast episode and continuing with all future podcast episodes, the supplemental guide will be available for the first week at a 50% discount. So instead of the standard $5 purchase price, which is fantastic, you can grab it now for $2.50. It's such a great deal. And and it's my way of saying thank you for being a Jazz Piano Skills podcast listener. I'll provide you with some more information at the end of this podcast. I also want to remind everyone that the Jazz Piano Skills Forum officially went live last week. I have created a dedicated forum for each podcast episode and for each one of my jazz piano courses. Uh, It's a fantastic way for all of us to interact and engage with one another. And I want to encourage all of you to register, to join, and begin engaging with one another. I mentioned last week that my educational days at the University of North Texas were fantastic. The jazz program is without doubt the best in the world. And of course, I learned so much from the faculty, all the coursework, right? The amazing ensembles, but I learned even more in the hallways. In other words, the time I spent interacting with all of my jazz buddies, all of us standing out there and hanging out together and discussing the art form, sharing with one another our questions and answers um, was simply priceless, simply invaluable. So, Join the Jazz Piano Skills Forum and enjoy the very same experience that I had. A dedicated community of people wanting to discover, learn, and play jazz piano together. Go to jazzpianoskills.com, click on the forums link in the menu bar, again, that runs across the top of the page, and you will be taken to the Jazz Piano Skills Forum. I'm looking forward to interacting with you and getting to know you. Now, it's a new forum, so there's not a lot of activity out there. So I need somebody to step forward to go out there and start posting some questions so we can get some conversation going, right? Stop being a a scaredy cat. Go out there to the Jazz Piano Skills Forum and and kick kick it off for us and start uh, creating some conversation. Much appreciated. And whoever does that first, I might have some, uh, I might have a nice surprise for you. So that's, in fact, I'm going to do that. I'm going to have a nice surprise for whoever steps out of being a scaredy cat and goes out there and kicks off the forum. Also, if you have not checked out my Jazz Piano Skills courses, I want to encourage you to take just a few minutes to do so. The courses provide you with exceptional educational content in a learning environment that is aesthetically pleasing and instinctually easy to use. The courses move you beyond academic theory, which is so important, and towards the practical application and mastery of essential jazz piano skills needed for performance. My courses are designed using a self-paced format. So yes, they're packed with a ton of information, but it's a self-paced format that provides you with a thorough 
and comprehensive exploration of a specific professional jazz piano skill. And it does so, the courses do so in all 12 keys and for all five primary sounds, major, dominant, minor, half diminished and diminished. Again, visit jazzpianoskills.com. Click on the courses link in the menu bar that runs across the top of the page and you will then be able to check out the entire curriculum. I'll provide you with some more information again at the end of this podcast. Finally, I want to stress, as always, that regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, whether you're a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even a professional, you will find this podcast, this lesson, to be beneficial. So here we go. Sit back, relax, turn on your ears, and get ready to discover, learn, and play Triads Part 2. In this lesson, you are going to discover the lower neighboring tones, the half-step approachments, intentional tension. You are going to learn how to apply, how to apply the lower neighboring tones, the half-step approachments, to major and minor triads. And you are going to play a major and minor triad in roots and inverted positions using the lower neighboring tones, the half-step approachments, the intentional tension. So today we are once again we are going to look at using various patterns to help us develop improvisational skills. Now, I have already mentioned in previous podcast episodes that essentially everything, I mean everything in music, is a pattern. And that patterns provide us a springboard or a launching pad that helps us to discover our creativity. Again, read page 23 of Jerry Coker's Complete Method of Improvisation to get a full grasp of how important it is to utilize patterns when practicing. In fact, I went out there. That book, I think, is indeed out of print, but you can get it. It's in PDF format uh, on the Internet. So if you do a search for Jerry Coker's uh, Complete Method of improvisation, you'll be able to find that PDF. I, I strongly encourage you to check it out and especially read page 23 that I have now referenced in uh, a couple of my podcast episodes. There is a point, however, I want to make that I have not mentioned as of yet. And that is this whole jazz piano journey that you're on all of your study, all of your exploration, all of your practicing is all about one thing. Do you know what that is? It's all about pulling out of you what is already in you. Did you get that? Let me repeat that again and let me do so slowly. This whole jazz piano journey that you're on, all of your study, all of your exploration, 
all of your practicing is about one thing. It's about pulling out of you what is already in you. So many students believe that they are actually trying to acquire something that they do not already have. They are actually trying to do the opposite of what I just said. They believe they are trying to shove something into them that they currently do not have. Now, that mindset is very dangerous. It actually works against you. It works against us and the entire learning process and eventually leads to such comments as, I just don't get it. I don't have it. I tried, but couldn't improvise. I guess I'll always need sheet music. And the list goes on and on. Believe me, over the past 30 years of teaching, I have heard them all. It's sad because if the student, if you and me, and yes, I am still very much a student of jazz. If we just approach it from the opposite direction, if we believe and understand that we already possess the creativity to play jazz and that we are simply on an excavation endeavor, then it changes everything. It changes our mindset, our approach, our practice habits, our persistency, and of course, our patience, which is so needed. So the whole point of my Jazz Piano Skills podcast is to help you unearth uncover, reveal the creative ideas that you already have. It's funny. I often use as an analogy in lessons the imagery of the archaeologist out in the middle of the desert with a little tiny brush in his hands and nothing in sight. Sand as far as you can see in any direction. And this dude is sitting beneath an umbrella, patiently moving sand particles from side to side, searching for what is beneath the surface. Man, you and I need that kind of faith and belief in oneself. And so it is with our lesson today. We're going to use major and minor triad patterns with lower neighboring tones, half-step approachments, to help us excavate our creativity, our improvisational skills. Major and minor triads with lower neighboring tones. A lower neighboring tone. We're talking about the note that is one half-step below the chord tone. Let me say that again. The lower neighboring tone is the note 
that is one half step below the chord, the chord tone, whether that's the root, the third, or the fifth. So why is this one half step below the chord tone, chord tone so important? Because it intentionally creates tension. And good music is made up of a balance between tension and resolution, tension and calmness. So good improvisation is going to possess that same characteristic, those same qualities. It's going to have a balance between tension and resolution. And there is no greater tension in music than the, ha than the half step. So let me demonstrate. If we take the note C and I play with it the note B, which is directly below it, and I strike those two together, tension. So if you and I were in a choir and we're both supposed to sing the note C and I come in one half step below you with the note B, and we end up singing this, and we're supposed to be singing the note C together, the two of us are gonna get some funny looks because I've just created a great amount of tension with that half step. In fact, I would have been better off singing a B flat or an A or an A flat with that C or a G. Did you get my idea? As I move further away from the note C, the tension becomes less and less. So there is no greater source than tension in music than the half step. So today we are going to apply the lower neighboring tones, the half step approachment to each of the chord tones of the major and minor triad. And as I did last week, I utilized C major and C minor. I'll do the same this week. So C minor triad, or let's start with C major, C major triad, right? Last week we looked at C major and triad in root position. We looked at it in first inversion, second inversion, and then again in root position. Okay. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to take that major triad and instead of just playing up the major triad melodically, we're actually going to approach our root with a half step with the note B. So we're going to get this. Okay. And then when we descend, we're going to approach the G up on top with the half step approachment or lower neighboring tone, the F sharp. So we get, so ascending we get, and descending we get. Now, we're gonna do that exact same thing for our inverted positions as well. So our C major triad in first inversion, we're gonna approach the E with the lower neighboring tone or the half step approachment 
with the E flat. And then we're going to descend that inverted position with using the note, the half step approachment, the note B on our way down. So we get E flat, up our C triad, the note B now, and descending down our C major triad. And we're gonna do the exact same thing for our C major triad in second inversion. We're gonna approach the G with the lower neighboring tone, the half step approachment, F sharp. And we're going to descend by approaching that third up on top with the E flat, which is the lower neighboring tone or the half step approachment. So we get. So here it is, root position C triad. First inversion, C major triad. Second inversion, C major triad. We're gonna do the exact same thing for our C minor triad. So root position C minor triad. Descending. First inversion, C minor triad. Descending. Second inversion, C minor triad, ascending. And descending. So we're going to apply our half step approachments, or our lower neighboring tones, on each of the target notes of the major and minor triad. And the target notes being our chord tones, our root, our third, and our fifth. So it's time to make music, but you know it's coming. To you, to you that have been list, faithful listeners, uh, from week to week, you know what's coming before I, before I dig in and, and start playing. I want to reinforce some very important rules to keep in mind. Number one, we're going to play these exercises, and I'm putting exercises in quotes. Uh, we're going to play them like music because they are music. Right? We want to practice exercises like their music, not like their exercises. We want to be musical. As I always say, practice like you want to play. We're going to pay attention to details. I call them your musical abs. We're going to pay attention to articulation. In other words, when I'm applying these lower neighboring tones, these half-step approachments, and I'm ascending and descending my major minor triads and doing so in inverted positions, it has to sound like jazz. It should sound like an improvisational line is being played. It should not sound like an exercise. So articulation. Number two, balance, right? I have to have a balance between my left hand and my right hand. My right hand is the melody. It's my improvisational idea, my improvisational line. My harmony, my shell voicing that I play in the left hand must support that melodic line, but it certainly 
does not get equal billing, and it certainly better not drown out the melodic line. It is, uh, it plays literally second fiddle to the melodic line. So balance, my sound, right? I mentioned this previously as well. I want you to pull out of the piano when you're practicing the entire sound, the entire note. I want you to feel the bottom of the keyboard, the key bed when you play. No wimpy, no anemic sound, right? Nothing worse than that. I want you to create space. So you'll see that in these demonstrations that I do, I create space in between my uh, phrases, right? Space, it's musical. I also uh, will use repetition. I'll play the idea over and over and over again. Of course, I'm only doing it in these demonstrations for like a minute, a minute and 15 seconds. But when I'm practicing, when I'm practicing these for real, they go on and on and on. So maybe that's why a lot of times when I practice, I use my, uh, I'll use a digital keyboard with headphones so I just don't drive everyone in the house absolutely nuts. Uh, so uh, repetition, right? It's, you know, I had a teacher that used to say about repetition, playing an idea and then playing it over and over and over again, uh, having it become part of your mental and your oral and your physical memory. Um, he used to say, look, if you have a musical idea that's worth saying, then it's worth repeating. And the opposite is true as well. If you have a musical idea that's not worth repeating, then it probably wasn't worth saying the first time. So keep that in mind, right? We're going to use these patterns with these half-step approachments with these lower neighboring tones. We're going to get a great feel with these patterns to make them sound like jazz. And they, are, they become then our launch pad, our springboard to unearth, to reveal, to, to unveil the creativity that's inside of us. Okay, so stay focused when we practice these patterns. We want to stay focused. Practice this skill. Uh, do not begin doodling. You won't hear me doodling. You'll hear me focusing on making music using these triad shapes with the lower neighboring tones with the half step approachments. Okay, remember the objective, achieve the objective. So here we go. Demonstration number one. C major triad with lower neighboring, uh, lower neighboring tone, approach tone, half step approachment to the C, which is my B. And then I will also then use the, uh, when I start my descent, practicing the descending pattern, I'll, pro I'll utilize the F sharp, approaching the G and then descending back to my C. So I get, So you're going to hear me do the ascending pattern several times. Then you're going to hear me do the descending pattern several times, several times, and then I will put them together. And I think you'll be surprised without even doing anything other than that. It sounds very good. So here we go.
I tell you, right? You don't even have to start manipulating those patterns uh, rhythmically. I, you know, the whole idea is to get comfortable enough that you do start to manipulate them rhythmically to create your improvisational ideas, to unveil your creativity. But even if you just play them straight, just like I demonstrated, and do so with a focus on your articulation, on your balance, on your sound, right? It sounds so very good. So what I guess I'm trying to say is don't get the card ahead of the horse, right? Get these, these shapes, these patterns with the lower neighboring tones, the half-step approachments. Get these under your hands and in your ears first so that they sound, in and of themselves, sound like jazz and like an improvisational line. Then you can begin to manipulate the patterns rhythmically to come up with creative variations that become your jazz vocabulary, your ideas. Again, pulling out of you what's already in you. Okay, so now let's shift from root position C major to first inversion C major. Again, I'm going to approach my target note the chord tone, the third, with a half step, which is the E flat, to the third, E, and then ascend to the rest of the shape, through the rest of the shape, right? And then on the descending side, I'm going to approach my root up on top with the half step, the lower neighboring tone, the B, and then descend back to my E. So I get... And again, I'm going to play the ascending pattern several times before I play the descending pattern several times. Then I will put the two together. Again, I want it to sound like an improvisational line, an improvisational phrase. It's got to sound like jazz. So here we go. It's amazing to me, right? When you take a, a sound, like a major triad, and you invert it, how it has a whole different complexion, a whole different sound, even though it's still the same C major triad. It's awesome.
Now, uh, we're going to continue to march forward. We're going to shift our C major to second inversion. Now we have our G on the bottom and our E on top. And we're going to approach our target note, our fifth, with the half-step approachment, the lower neighboring tone, which is the F sharp, and then ascend to the E. And then on the descending side, we're going to start up there on that E, approach it with the half step below or the lower neighboring tone, which is the E flat or the D sharp to the E and then descend to the G. So we get this sound. Nice. So again, here we go. I'm going to play the ascending pattern several times then the descending pattern several times, and then put them together. My objective again, I want to focus on my articulation, my balance, my sound. I want it to sound like jazz. I want it to sound like a spontaneous improvised line. Here we go. much fun. I think I mentioned this in the last, uh, my last podcast episode. I could do that stuff all day. I find it very enjoyable. I love settling in. I love, I use the expression a lot of times in lessons. I love bathing in a sound, in a shape, in a pattern. Uh, I love truly just digesting it mentally, uh, visually, orally, physically. I maybe, again, maybe it's just me. I enjoy this kind of practice. And I guess maybe the reason I enjoy this kind of practice is because I've experienced the payoff from this kind of practice. So I encourage you to be patient and embrace repetition to do it over and over and over again. All right, we have completed the look at the major triad from root position, first and second inversion, and utilizing lower neighboring tones um, from each of our target notes, the half-step approachment, to create intentional tension. It sounded fantastic. So now, let's shift our attention to the minor triad, C minor. So we're going to approach it the exact same way and go through the same uh, sequence. So we're going to start with our C minor triad, and we're going to approach our C with the B natural uh, underneath it and ascend to the G, 
And then on the descending side, we're gonna utilize our F sharp, which is that lower neighboring tone or half step approachment to our G and descend to the C. So we get So let's, uh, let's take it for a spin. Let's see how this sounds. Again, it has to sound like jazz. Here we go. I love the minor sound. It's so cool. So um, again, right? Um, nice feel, repetition, several times playing the ascending pattern uh, with the half step approachment to my target note, and then several times the descending pattern with the, again with the half step approachment to my target note with the with the fifth. And again, the focus is on. Uh, proper articulation, a nice relaxed jazz feel. And by the way, uh, I'm playing all of these um, demonstrations 120. Um, 120. Last week, uh, when we were just playing the um, triads harmonically and melodically, I was doing it at a little faster pace at 140. But this week, I wanted to, to dial it down just a little bit uh, to give us a little bit more time to, to process everything. So 120. And again, you do not need to play it that fast. That's what I'm just doing for the sake of this uh, episode, this podcast, and for the sake of time. In fact, if you feel more comfortable at 80 or 85 or 75, uh, do so, right? This is not a speed exercise. This is about getting patterns and shapes under our hands and doing so uh, with the proper jazz articulation, the proper jazz feel. Again, these are launch pads and springboards, so we want to solidify them um, before we begin manipulating them or altering them uh, rhythmically to unearth or to unveil our, creative, our creativity, our improvisational skills. So let's move on to C minor triad and first inversion. So now the E flat is on bottom and the C is on top. We're going to approach our E flat with the lower neighboring tone, the half step approachment, which is the D, and then ascend to the C. So we get, and then on our way down, our descending pattern, we're gonna utilize our lower neighboring tone, our B, uh, and then uh, approach the C with that B, and descend to our E flat. So we get really nice sound. 
So here we go. C minor triad, first inversion, lower neighboring tones, half step approachments to our target notes. Here we go. Again, wow, totally different sound, right? We invert that triad, uh, take it from root position to first inversion, and it comes comes up with a totally different sound and different feels. It's, it's pretty amazing. And again, this variety, these variations, is what helps us develop uh, our, our improvisational skills, these various launch pads, again, these various springboards. So don't rush through these shapes. Spend time with them lots and lots of repetition. So now our final uh, C minor triad in second inversion with C on the bottom. I mean, I'm sorry, with G on the bottom. So we get our G, C, E flat, right? So we're gonna approach our G with our lower neighboring tone, our F sharp, ascend to our E flat, and then on the descending side, we're going to approach our E flat with the lower neighboring tone, half step approachment, which is our D, and then descend to our G. So we get nice sound. So let's uh, let's uh, listen to this and see what we think. Here we go. Absolutely love it. 
So look what we've just what we've just accomplished. We've taken the C major triad, the C minor triad. We've taken each one of those triads and moved it moved them from root to first inversion and second inversion. And in each position, root, first inversion, and second inversion, we utilized our lower neighboring tone, our half-step approachment to the target note, whether it's the root or the third or the fifth, to create an ascending line and to create a descending line, an ascending pattern, a descending pattern. And we did so in such a way that we developed our musical abs, our articulation, our balance, our sound. We made it sound like jazz. So guess what you have to do? You have to repeat this exact same process, not just for C major and C minor, but you need to do it for the remaining 11 major triads and the remaining 11 minor triads. I know it sounds like a lot, but if you're methodical, if you approach this where you're doing a couple a day, then in a couple weeks, you've gone through the entire cycle. You've gone through all majors and all minors. So don't run off and try to do it in all, all in one evening, all in one practice session. Not wise, not efficient, and certainly not effective. So break it apart. Be methodical, have a game plan, do a couple a day, and in a couple weeks, mission accomplished. So I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson, this episode on triads part two to be very beneficial. I want to remind you once again that there is a supplemental educational guide available specifically for this podcast that you can download from jazzpianoskills.com. Simply click on the podcast link on the home page in the menu that runs across the top of the page, and you will find this episode along with the supplemental guide. Again, the guide will beautifully notate the content of this episode, of this podcast episode, for all 12 major and all 12 minor triads. It's a great resource to have in your jazz piano library and to use it as a reference when you're practicing. So be sure to check it out at jazzpianoskills.com. And don't forget, half price for one week. Save 50% now and get the guide, which you will have forever and you will be able to access forever through the jazzpianoskills.com website through your account and download it whenever you need it again and again for $2.50. It's a great deal. Check it out, jazzpianoskills.com. Also, if you're wanting to study this topic extensively, as well as others, I encourage you to check out my Jazz Piano Skills courses at jazzpianoskills.com as well. Again, my courses are packed with comprehensive lessons that explore essential jazz piano skills. And each lesson and each course contain detailed instruction and illustrations, in-depth educational talks by me, interactive learning media, traditional guides and worksheets, high-definition high definition video demonstrations. So you can see my hands, the fingerings that I'm using, 
uh, as well. Very helpful. Play along tracks and lead sheets that you can utilize. And then of course, professional and personal educational support is available. And mobile access to all courses and lessons on any of your smart devices, your computers, your tablets, your phone. And yes, I even have a student that uses his watch. So any of your smart devices, you'll be able to access my uh, Jazz Piano Skills courses. And don't forget, please visit and register uh, at the Jazz Piano Skills Forum. Uh, there is a forum specifically for this podcast episode, so you can jump in there and ask some questions and get some help and engage with other uh, listeners of Jazz Piano Skills, uh, and I'll be in there interacting as well. And these forums uh, are available uh, uh, not just for this podcast episode, but for all the podcast episodes, as well as, as my courses. So go to jazzpianoskills.com, click on the forum link, and begin engaging in the conversations. And remember, whoever's going to kick things off for us, who's ever not going to be a, a scaredy cat and actually go out there and, and get things kicked off and get things started, I'm going to have a special surprise, a special gift just for you. So please visit Jazz Piano Skills Forums. So that's it for this week. And until next week, I want you to enjoy the journey. And most of all, I want you to have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Mm -hmm.